Thanks for coming today. I have uh, a sorted group that is assisting us in trying to impose zero tolerance to the area Penn Station and the surrounding area. Business owners, workers, and guardian angels who are going to help get out the wanted poster for the man who is being held responsible for the shooting of the commuter and the rush hour on Monday night. And what it lends itself to is that this area has been Dante's Inferno, going back to the lockdown and the pandemic. We as guardian angels, we've been here time and time again to care for the homeless, care for the emotionally disturbed, break up fights and disputes, and try to prevent the incredible amount of crime that keeps cascading. And as the mayoral candidate, I am saying that zero tolerance must be imposed here in the Penn Station itself and in the surrounding area. Because without that, there cannot be a return of normalcy, not just to this area, but all of Manhattan. Each and every day before the lockdown and pandemic, 700,000 people would pour out of Penn Station from Amtrak, New Jersey Transit, and the subway system of New York City. And every night after work, 700,000 people would pour back in, making it the largest transit hub, not just in New York City, but all of America. The numbers pale in comparison to what used to be normal. And part of it is when you talk to commuters, whether they're taking the Long Island Railroad, New Jersey Transit, the subway system, or Amtrak, is the terror that they go through. This area is a modern-day Dante's Inferno. First off, you have the number of shootings that have skyrocketed, now totaling nine, whereas a year before there had been zero. Assaults, robberies, rapes, all kinds of con games and shakedowns are taking place on a regular basis, all out in the open, I might add. This is not in the shadows. This is not in the late hours at night or the wee hours of the morning. Oftentimes, it's between 9 and 5. And then the most obvious, the most egregious, you see men and women setting up as if they were vendors, and they're selling fentanyl out in the open, heroin out in the open, K2 out in the open, crack out in the open, with the paraphernalia. And then those who are addicted to these substances don't try to hide their use. They're smoking K2 right out in the open, you can tell from the odor. They're shooting up heroin and fentanyl, if not in their arms, in their legs, right in their necks for all to see, and discarding the needles everywhere. It's like a sea of needles in this area. And then they're popping pills, which cause them to get to knee bends, deep bends. You see men and women almost touching the floor on a regular basis because of their addiction. And all of it's being sold in this area. And then when you start talking to the people themselves, the users, the drug dealers, the homeless, the emotionally disturbed that are everywhere, you say, where are you from? Where are you from? Okay, quite a few of them are from the five boroughs, but quite a few of them are from Newark, New Jersey, and other cities in New Jersey. And when I've talked to them at length, because I know most of them, they'll tell, tell you straight out. For the stuff I'm selling here on the streets of Manhattan in the shadow of Penn Station or in Penn Station, I get three times the amount of money and have way more customers because of the flow of traffic than they would on Broad and Market Street in downtown Newark or in Jersey City or in Asbury Park 
or in Patterson, New Jersey, the first or the fourth ward, up the hill, down the hill, which is the mecca of open drug dealing in the tri-state area. More business is done here. The prices are higher here. The traffic is greater here. And nothing's being done. And let's look at the security that's available. If any of you have been to Washington, D.C., you know it is the most heavily policed area in the nation with all kinds of multi-agency federal and District of Columbia police forces. Look at who patrols this area. It starts with the NYPD, Midtown South, largest precinct in the city. Then it goes to the MTA police, who are responsible for the Long Island Railroad. Then it goes to state troopers from New York, National Guard, federal cops for Amtrak. And you say to yourself, my God, this is the most heavily policed area outside and inside of any in the five boroughs, and yet it has the most crime per person per capita. Why? Because all of these police departments and agencies have been handcuffed. They're handicapped. They're forced to be reactive, not proactive as they used to be. There needs to be imposed now zero tolerance. This goes back to when zero tolerance was put into effect in 1993. And what it involves is A number one, taking the homeless people who are everywhere in this area, Department of Homeless Services led by Stephen Banks for the de Blasio administration must dispatch the vans to pick up these men and women and take them to shelters. It has to be done immediately. There are men and women who have been living here in Penn Station, in the bowels of Penn Station, in the outskirts for years. Four years, they set up shop. They have couches, they have chairs, they have tables. As if, as if it's their own personal co-op or condo on the streets and in the various mass transit facilities that are deep in the bowels of Penn Station. Secondly, and most importantly, there are dozens of emotionally disturbed persons who live in Penn Station and the surrounding areas. They're here 24-7, 365. How do you know they're emotionally disturbed? Go up and talk to them. Not easy for an average person, because if they have a psychotic disorder, it could lead to some physical harm for you and anybody within their proximity. But I've had a chance to go up to them, and I examine their wrists. And they have wristbands from nearby hospitals that either they've left or been released, Bellevue being the prominent one, but also others who have, have been released from Kings County or Elmhurst, the city municipal psychiatric facilities. And they roam about, and also on the wristbands are the required medications that they should be taking to try to modify them, or at least normalize them, so they don't have these psychotic disorders. There is no outreach whatsoever in Penn Station or the surrounding areas. That has to be dealt with. And the police have got to put zero tolerance It's a perfect example. Yo, what's up, man? What's your name? I'm sorry for the police. Okay, I was mad. How long do you live here? Six years. Six years. Six years. And where are you from originally? I'm from South Carolina. All right, Diane. Now, when you first came here, where were you? I feel afforded by Jason from the United States, Long Island City. Okay. How did you end up here in the Penn Station area? I got lost in the room. Have you ever been hospitalized? A lot of times. Yeah. Okay. But you're supposed to be on medication? Yeah. What kind of medication?
take care of you, okay? I've seen you here many times, many times, many times, many times, many times. You shouldn't be out in the streets. You shouldn't be in Penn Station. I just don't want to take advantage of you guys. You're not taking advantage. This is our responsibility. I'm running for mayor. I'm going to make sure that you and your other friends out here taken care of, okay? Okay, boy. It's all right. Could you, you want to stand with us while we continue? Yeah, why don't you stand right here with us? Okay. This is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I've seen this guy here for years, predating the lockdown and the pandemic. He's in dire need of help. It's like, it's a call for help. Where's Thrive? De Blasio and his wife should see this. This man is in desperate need. We've spent one and a quarter billion dollars to try to help those with mental health issues. He's admitted it all, as many of these men and women will. When I'm made, you and your friends will be taken. Can we take you to Bellevue and get you your medication? We will do that, okay? All right, so if we can, Jay, and Lethal just take him to the side because he's almost ready to fall. Almost Remember, ready to fall. Hang on to me. Let's go with Lethal here. We're going to take Put you to Put your arms around me. If you want. Right here. So this is uh, what I see on a regular basis here in the Penn Station area. I'd like to uh, introduce Josh Eisen. He's a business owner in the community who can just let you know from a business point of view what has transpired. Yeah, the, um, the shooting, the shooting uh, yesterday actually came as a really big shock to me, to my partners, and a lot of the workers in our office. Obviously, as you see, Penn Station for years has been a place full of tragic stories and challenge, and we're aware of that. Now it's a lot worse than it was in terms of many of the homeless people, mentally challenged people on the street. But I think once there's a shooting, that changes the equation uh, significantly, and now people are very concerned about their safety. A shooting at 545 on a Tuesday afternoon is a very scary prospect for anybody, and it makes people feel unsafe, even right now, even at this moment, who knows, there could be a shooting. Um, so we're very, very concerned as business owners. When we moved here 20 years ago, it was a significantly different neighborhood. Even 10 and five years ago, it was a totally different neighborhood. Um, and as Curtis said, last year there were zero shootings. Shootings is just a different kind of problem. And it really signifies the final step in the fall of Penn Station to a place of total deterioration. Um, and as a business owner, I'm very concerned uh, not just on a business level, but really for the safety of people and on a human level for gentlemen like the one before and the people out here that we've been giving water to and trying to help for years. I mean, now it seems like there's really nobody helping and nobody caring. Um, and again, thank you for your time. Thanks, Josh. And finally, 
one of the many workers who has to work in this area, come in and out of Penn Station and into the surrounding buildings. I've been working here for over five years, and right now the area and the surrounding area has never been worse. It's not safe here, and the uh, you know entire area really needs people like Curtis, who you just saw live, diffuse a situation that could have really escalated into a crazy place. Those types of situations, having emotionally disturbed individuals, individuals who should be on medication, do not have them, is a regular occurrence here. And we need people like Curtis in office to help keep New Yorkers safe, to help keep New Yorkers thriving, to give young people like myself an opportunity in New York to make it. I can't tell you the amount of friends that I have that have left New York in the last year, in the last two years, because it's not safe, because there's nowhere to live, they don't want to live around here, and it's terrible. We need people like Curtis in office to help us, to help keep the youth here, to help keep the city growing, and to make it a safe and reasonable place for everybody to stay here, to make a living, to want to thrive here, and to make the city a great place to be. Thank, Thank you, Curtis. You. Thank you. And then finally, one of the other reasons that brings us here is to get the information out of the suspect who was wanted in the shooting that took place Monday evening, a little after 5.30, during the rush hour. The problem is, is that there have been so many crimes of late in which there are sketches that are issued because of the modern technology. This area has cameras everywhere, on all the private buildings and obviously on the governmental building that Penn Station is run by the federal government. is more than enough cameras, more than enough footage, to actually catch suspects either in the commission of their crime before or after. And so we have a good photo. We're going to be distributing in the area, and we're going to do what we do best because this guy is probably known by, A, the drug dealers in the area, many of whom are here from New Jersey, the homeless, the emotionally disturbed that we have an excellent relationship with, built up over many years of patrolling this area and obviously men and women who go through this area on a regular basis to get to their place of business or just to catch either the Long Island Railroad, New Jersey Transit, Amtrak, or any of the subway systems. So it's multi-purposed here today. But if we do not impose zero tolerance in the Penn Station area, there is no chance for economic revival in Midtown. This directly impacts Times Square. And on a day that we should be celebrating the fact that a Ferris wheel has been constructed and erected right near Duffy Square and Times Square, which will attract families and get tourists to once again realize, wow, Times Square is back on track. And then just blocks away where many people could access the Ferris wheel, they are afraid to come through the major transit junction point in all of New York City, which is Penn Station. Uh, as mayor, there's going to be zero tolerance immediately. All quality of life issues will be dealt with, whether it's a ticketable offense or it's a arrest. People are going to be taken off the streets. Those who need help will be brought to the shelters if they're homeless, emotionally disturbed, can be kept 60 days in involuntary confinement after a psychiatric evaluation. That's not being done. And most importantly, all these drug dealers dealing fentanyl, heroin, K2, pills, crack, they're going to jail. They're going to jail. 
And that means the customer base will dry up because anybody who needs these drugs to feed their beast knows you can come to Penn Station and it's sort of like a bazaar. Everything you need, you can get in, including the equipment. Any questions? Emotionally disturbed persons, as you saw in the breakdown of this gentleman, have already been hospitalized, Bellevue. Now, I don't know his personal story, whether he just walked out, which oftentimes happens, or he was released, which is probable, and then used up his medication and didn't go back to refill. A gentleman like that could easily have been picked up on a day like today brought for a psychiatric evaluation and involuntarily committed for 60 days. Now, what would that have done for him? Clean clothes, good food, normalized. He's well aware of the medication he's on. You would double check, because I'm, I'm sure they probably have a file on him. Get him to the point where after 60 days, if two psychiatrists, two different psychiatrists would have determined that he's okay now, he could be released. More than likely, though, he might have to be involuntarily committed until, to the state of New York, until he's made whole. And that will be benefits for him, first and foremost, his family, whoever they are, to this area, which he lives in. I mean, this zip, this is a zip of its own. Penn Station, I don't know if you know, is a zip code. These homeless and emotionally disturbed persons have a zip code. It's Penn Station and nothing's being done to remove them and to help them. Well, under Rudy Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg for 20 years, that was a regular process in which you had two separate psychiatrists who would issue a report after a psychiatric evaluation of 72 hours in which they would detain, most likely in this area, Bellevue. But in Queens, it could have been Elmhurst, in Brooklyn, Kings County, other facilities. Staten Island has its own psychiatric center. The point being is after 72 hours, if they were in agreement, you can commit them for 60 days. And if they're not normalized within that period of time, Right. Any of the law enforcement agencies can do that. But remember, what did de Blasio and his wife say? We don't want cops responding to EDP calls. Just listen to the scanner from Midtown South, which we have. Call after call, EDP, EDP, EDP in a store. EDP has attacked another emotionally disturbed person. EDP threatening staff of Madison Square Garden. The other thing is Jimmy Dolan, who owns this? Under my plan to hire more police, he's playing property tax. He pays no property tax as owner and operator. Now, he inherited that. That was imposed when Koch was here and Madison Square Garden was threatening to go to the Meadowlands. I would say to Jimmy Dolan, hey, Jimmy, how did that work out for the Nets? Jimmy, you're going to pay property tax. Columbia, NYU, property tax. That could hire up to 38,000 cops. We'd be up to 38,000 cops. They used to be the homeless outreach unit. These were men and women, police officers, specifically trained to deal with the emotionally disturbed and the homeless. And they would transport them either to a shelter or the hospital. Guess what? 
when de Blasio and the city council defunded the police by a billion dollars, not only did the street crime unit go, but the homeless outreach unit went. There is no more homeless outreach by NYPD. The men and women of the local precincts, in this case Midtown South, have been told by City Hall, stand back. Do not deal with emotionally disturbed persons. So now that there's this huge void, do we see Thrive? Have you seen any Thrive people around here wearing the shirt that says Thrive? One and a quarter billion dollars spent of our money in five years. Do you think they've cared for one emotionally disturbed person? I want to find out where the money is. Show me the money. I haven't seen one success story. They can't point to one individual who, as a result of Thrive's intervention, was normalized and kept out of harm's way. Not one. And twice when Charlene McRae was asked to explain where all the money went, and no subpoenas issued, not by Scott Stringer, controller, not by city council, not by Tish James. Day one, a mayor, Department of Investigation, issues subpoenas. We want to see all the paperwork, the spreadsheets. And if there's missing money, which kind of you get a sense there is, Maybe Bill de Blasio will be able to finally go to Rikers Island and see what the correctional officers are dealing with because he'll be housed in Punk City before he gets arraigned, protective custody, because he'd never be with the general population. I've been there. He would never be with the general population. Any other questions? Well, it's complicated for one reason. It's called civil libertarians. I want to find these civil libertarians, these liberals and progressives. Come with me. Talk with the emotionally disturbed persons that I personally now know. See them wallow in their own defecation, their urine. Is, is that a humanitarian thing? This is compassion. I'd like to talk with them. Walk and talk in this whole Penn Station area, which is like Dante's Inferno. It's like Dawn of the Dead. Tell me that these people are better off with their civil, libertari uh, civil liberties intact, where they demand not to be hospitalized. Can anybody actually say that they're in a better situation? Or would they be in a better situation if they were in Bellevue, fresh clothes, clean, uh, new food, just being nourished and brought back on track with the medication that they've been prescribed? Clearly, this is not progressive. This is progressively killing our city. And none of them are out here. Have you ever seen de Blasio out here? You ever see Corey Johnson out here? City council members out here? Of course not. They're afraid of these people. Curtis Lee was not afraid. I don't have a gun. I don't have a bulletproof vest. I walk. I talk with them. I counsel them. I show them compassion. Unfortunately, I don't have the power to have them hospitalized. As mayor, I'll have that power. And then if the civil liberty, libertarians want to sue me, and sue the city, I'll tell Corporation Council, fight them for every nickel, dime, and penny. Do not ever buck, bend, or bow to their will because we're trying to save these emotionally disturbed persons. It's a humanitarian thing to do. Humanitarian thing to do. And these liberals and progressives, clearly if they cared, wouldn't they be here feeding these homeless people, giving them new clothes, tending to the emotionally disturbed? Where are they? Oh. That's right, Bill de Blasio at rap concerts. Rap concerts. Yeah, that's really helping the emotionally disturbed and homeless. Mr. Sliwa, can I say something, Mr. Sure. This guy is the original guardian angel. 
He walked the streets personally, protecting New Yorkers. I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I've got 40 plus years in the construction business, and I'm talking to my brothers and sisters in the industry, union and non-union. Ignore your leadership. This is the guy. This is the guy that we need. This is the guy that'll walk with us. We're the ones that will come when he needs us. I want every one of my brothers and sisters in the business to vote for him, okay? I'm known by Ed. Everybody knows Thank me. Thank you, Ed. My kids know me. I know everyone. <laughs> right? Let me give you my card. We're brothers. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. We got your back. Stay in touch. Look for an orange shirt. Thank you. Thank you. Right to right. Are you going to start giving out the flyers to everybody? You can start to give out the flyers to everybody. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, well, again, the Homeless Outreach Unit of the NYPD would be put back into place. These men and women are still members of the department, except they've been reassigned to precincts, so they can't use their expertise. That's as, as, as important as the street crime unit, the undercover jump-out squads being put out into the front lines where gunfire happens on a daily basis, where gangs continue to battle. I see no differentiation. Uh, I've dealt with the Homeless Outreach Unit. Day one. And the, the, I've talked to them because they used to have a borough command in each borough. And when there would be an EDP call, they would respond because they understood that oftentimes at the precinct level, the men and women didn't necessarily have the skills or the knowledge of how to do an intervention. And again, they're always bad mouthing cops, all these elected officials. Oh, we should have mental health uh, specialists intervene. Well, we've been talking about that for two years. They haven't even done a trial in one precinct. This would have been the perfect place to do a trial. The way I'd have it is mental health experts respond to an EDP call. They're assigned to a precinct, but they go with police officers. Because if things go awry, as sometimes they do, people having psychotic disorders, people with weapons, then the police can step in. But I have no problem leaving it to a mental health specialist because I'm pretty much a mental health uh, specialist now for all the years that I've done this. I know how to talk to them. I know how to calm them down. Although I've had my jaw fractured twice, doing exactly what I was doing here because an unexpected outrage that even me, with all my street smarts, could not anticipate. Well, some of the violations are ticketable offenses. I wouldn't want to lock people up for urinating and defecating for the simple reason that the public lavatories and bathrooms, government, again, not realizing, we complain about the people defecating and urinating. It's, where are they going to go? Oftentimes, they're not permitted in the large public lavatories that are available in Penn Station, especially when the lockdown and pandemic came. And then people were saying, well, they're defecating and urinating everywhere whether you're a billionaire or you're homeless. The one thing we all do each day is eliminate. And I ask everybody, where can they go? And you never get an answer from government. There should be public laboratories available to them with supervision, with security, because it's a normal, everyday function, not just for emotionally disturbed and homeless people. I had colitis, ileitis, Crohn's disease. I was constantly looking for a bathroom. People with prostate, 
constantly, right? Probably you feel like you got to go or you don't, you do. Women with all kinds of issues, kind, where are they going to go? Starbucks used to have, no, not for that, not for that. But drinking, uh, possession, depending on the amount. I mean, you're talking here, sizable amounts of fentanyl heroin. We're talking weight. And they put it out on a table. They put it out on a cardboard box. They don't even hide it any longer. It's like a bazaar of drugs. You go from corner to corner, and, you, and there are steerers who will tell you, yeah, Charlie's got fentanyl today. Alex has heroin. Phyllis has oxycodone. I mean, all you got to do is walk around, and you see people walking around looking to get hooked up. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. If you listen to the socialists and the communists, this is all they have to say about what is coming to the Democratic Party and its current leadership. The tired, tired, old Democratic Party that is beholden to big money. We are winning race after race. We're winning the war of ideas. We're winning over the people. The people were already there. And it's about time, my friends, that we have more people holding office who share our values and our ideas. I mean, this is how crazy, this is how crazy it is how, how much we're winning. We've got Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi on board pushing our agenda. This $3.5 trillion bill, Bernie wrote it, Biden backs it, and we're winning. <laughs> That's the good news. And that is the bad news for the rest of America. The socialist, the communist, say they're winning. What comes next? New York Republican Chairman Nick Longworth will continue his statewide Just Say No tour in uh, Chema, Steuben, and Livingston counties. Now, he will highlight the Republican Party's opposition to the November election ballot propositions related to election integrity at press conferences. And what does election integrity mean? This is, of course, the, uh, the need for identification, the need for verification that a voter is indeed a voter. So this will all be happening tomorrow, October 22nd, Friday, and that is at 12.30 p.m. He will be joined by Senator Tom O'Mara and Assemblyman Chris Friend in front of the uh, Chemung County Courthouse. That's 203 Late Street in Elmira. At 2 p.m., he will be joined by Hormel Mayor Buckley uh, and uh, Republican legislator and Hormel GOP Chairman Paul Van Calise, I'm sorry if I said that right, so that's Paul Van Calise, 
in Corning City, uh, Councilwoman uh, Allison Hunt, representing uh, Senator Borrello, outside of the Veterans Park at the end of Broadway Mall in Hormel. At 4 p.m., they will be joined by GOP Chairman John Power, outside of uh, the Livingston GOP headquarters. Uh, Power, of course, being the uh, Livingston uh, uh, head. Uh, that's at 123 Main Street and Geneseo. So, you know, support the uh, New York Republican Party today. And, of course, you can uh, reach the New York Republican State Committee at, by mail at 315 State Street, Albany, New York, 12210. That's uh, the New York Republican State Committee, 315 State Street, Albany, New York, 12210. Thanks for coming today. I have uh, a sorted group that is assisting us and trying to impose zero tolerance to the area Penn Station and the surrounding area. Business owners, workers, and guardian angels who are gonna help get out the wanted poster for the man who is being held responsible for the shooting of the commuter and the rush hour on Monday night. And what it lends itself to is that this area has been Dante's Inferno, going back to the lockdown and the pandemic. We as guardian angels, we've been here time and time again to care for the homeless, care for the emotionally disturbed, break up fights and disputes, and try to prevent the incredible amount of crime that keeps cascading. And as the mayoral candidate, I am saying that zero tolerance must be imposed here in the Penn Station itself and in the surrounding area, because without that, it cannot be a return of normalcy, not just to this area, but all of Manhattan. Each and every day before the lockdown and pandemic, 700,000 people would pour out of Penn Station from Amtrak, New Jersey Transit, and the subway system of New York City. And every night after work, 700,000 people would pour back in, making it the largest transit hub, not just in New York City, but all of America. The numbers pale in comparison to what used to be normal. And part of it is when you talk to commuters, whether they're taking the Long Island Railroad, New Jersey Transit, the subway system, or Amtrak, is the terror that they go through. This area is a modern day Dante's Inferno. First off, you have the number of shootings that have skyrocketed, now totaling nine, whereas a year before there had been zero assaults, robberies, rapes, all kinds of con games and shakedowns are taking place on a regular basis, all out in the open, I might add. This is not in the shadows. This is not in the late hours at night or the wee hours of the morning. Oftentimes, it's between 9 and 5. And then the most obvious, the most egregious, you see men and women setting up as if they were vendors, and they're selling fentanyl out in the open, heroin out in the open, K2 out in the open, crack out in the open, with the paraphernalia. And then those who are addicted to these substances don't try to hide their use. They're smoking K2 right out in the open, you can tell from the odor. They're shooting up heroin and fentanyl, if not in their arms, in their legs, right in their necks for all to see, and discarding the needles everywhere. It's like a sea of needles in this area. 
And then they're popping pills, which cause them to get to knee bends, deep bends. You see men and women almost touching the floor on a regular basis because of their addiction. And all of it's being sold in this area. And then when you start talking to the people themselves, the users, the drug dealers, the homeless, the emotionally disturbed that are everywhere, you say, where are you from? Where are you from? Okay, quite a few of them are from the five boroughs, but quite a few of them are from Newark, New Jersey, and other cities in New Jersey. And when I've talked to them at length, because I know most of them, they'll tell, tell you straight out, for the stuff I'm selling here on the streets of Manhattan in the shadow of Penn Station or in Penn Station, I get three times the amount of money and have way more customers because of the flow of traffic than they would on Broad and Market Street in downtown Newark or in Jersey City or in Asbury Park or in Patterson, New Jersey, the first or the fourth ward up the hill, down the hill, which is the mecca of open drug dealing in the tri-state area. More business is done here. The prices are higher here. The traffic is greater here and nothing's being done. And let's look at the security that's available. If any of you have been to Washington, D.C., you know it is the most heavily policed area in the nation with all kinds of multi-agency, federal and District of Columbia police forces. Look at who patrols this area. It starts with the NYPD, Midtown South, largest precinct in the city. Then it goes to the MTA police, who are responsible for the Long Island Railroad. Then it goes to state troopers from New York, National Guard, federal cops for Amtrak. And you say to yourself, my God, this is the most heavily policed area outside and inside of any in the five boroughs, and yet it has the most crime per person per capita. Why? Because all of these police departments and agencies have been handcuffed. They're handicapped. They're forced to be reactive not proactive as they used to be. There needs to be imposed now zero tolerance. This goes back to when zero tolerance was put into effect in 1993. And what it involves is A number one, taking the homeless people who are everywhere in this area, Department of Homeless Services led by Stephen Banks for the de Blasio administration must dispatch the vans to pick up these men and women and take them to shelters. It has to be done immediately. There are men and women who have been living here in Penn Station, in the bowels of Penn Station, in the outskirts for years. For years, they set up shop. They have couches, they have chairs, they have tables. As if, as if it's their own personal co-op or condo on the streets and in the various mass transit facilities that are deep in the bowels of Penn Station. Secondly, and most importantly, there are dozens of emotionally disturbed persons who live in Penn Station and the surrounding areas. They're here 24-7-365. How do you know they're emotionally disturbed? Go up and talk to them. Not easy for an average person, because if they have a psychotic disorder, it could lead to some physical harm for you and anybody within their proximity. But I've had a chance to go up to them, and I examine their wrists. And they have wristbands from nearby hospitals that either they've left or been released. Bellevue being the prominent one but also others who have, have been released from Kings County or Elmhurst, the city municipal psychiatric facilities. And they roam about, and also on the wristbands are the required medications that they should be taking to try to modify them or at least normalize them so they don't have these psychotic disorders. 
There is no outreach whatsoever in Penn Station or the surrounding areas. That has to be dealt with. And the police have got to put zero tolerance. It's a perfect example. Yo, what's up, man? What's your name? I've seen you here many times, many times, many times, many times, many times. You shouldn't be out in the streets. You shouldn't be in Penn Station. I just don't want to take advantage of you guys. You're not taking advantage. This is our responsibility. I'm running for mayor. I'm going to make sure that you and your other friends out here are taken care of, okay? Okay, boy. It's all right. Could you, you, you want to stand with us while we continue? Yeah, why don't you stand right here with us? Okay. This is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I've seen this guy here for years, predating the lockdown and the pandemic. He's in dire need of help. It's like, it's a call for help. Where's Thrive? De Blasio and his wife should see this. This man is in desperate need. We've spent one and a quarter billion dollars to try to help those with mental health issues. He's admitted it all, as many of these men and women will. When I'm made, you and your friends will be taken care of. It's okay. It's all right. It's Can we take you to Bellevue and get you your medication? We will do that, okay? All right, so if we can, Jay, and Lethal just take him to the side because he's almost ready to fall. Almost Remember, ready to fall. Hang on to me. Let's go with Lethal here. We're going to take Put your you arms around me if you want. Right here. So this is uh, what I see on a regular basis here in the Penn Station area. I'd like to uh, introduce Josh Eisen. He's a business owner in the community who can just let you know from a business point of view what has transpired. Yeah, um, the shooting, the shooting uh, yesterday actually came as a really big shock to me, to my partners, and a lot of the workers in our office. 
obviously, as you see, Penn Station for years has been a place full of tragic stories and challenge, and we're aware of that. Now it's a lot worse than it was in terms of many of the homeless people, mentally challenged people on the street. But I think once there's a shooting, that changes the equation uh, significantly. And now people are very concerned about their safety. A shooting at 545 on a Tuesday afternoon is a very scary prospect for anybody. And it makes people feel unsafe, even right now, even at this moment. Who knows, there could be a shooting. Um, so we're very, very concerned as business owners. When we moved here 20 years ago, it was a significantly different neighborhood. Even 10 and five years ago, it was a totally different neighborhood. Um, and as Curtis said, last year there were zero shootings. Shootings is just a different kind of problem. And it really signifies the final step in the fall of Penn Station to a place of total deterioration. Um, and as a business owner, I'm very concerned, uh, not just on a business level, but really for the safety of people and on a human level for gentlemen like the one before and the people out here that we've been giving water to and trying to help for years. I mean, now it seems like there's really nobody helping and nobody caring. Um, and again, thank you for your time. Thank you, Josh. And finally, one of the many workers who has to work in this area come in and out of Penn Station and into the surrounding buildings. I've been working here for over five years, and right now the area and the surrounding area has never been worse. It's not safe here, and the uh, you know entire area really needs people like Curtis, who you just saw live, diffuse a situation that could have really escalated into a crazy place. Those types of situations, having emotionally disturbed individuals, individuals who should be on medication, do not have them, is a regular occurrence here. And we need people like Curtis in office to help keep New Yorkers safe, to help keep New Yorkers thriving, to give young people like myself an opportunity in New York to make it. I can't tell you the amount of friends that I have that have left New York in the last year, in the last two years, because it's not safe, because there's nowhere to live, they don't want to live around here, and it's terrible. We need people like Curtis in office to help us, to help keep the youth here, to help keep the city growing, and to make it a safe and reasonable place for everybody to stay here, to make a living, to want to thrive here, and to make the city a great place to be. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you. And then finally, one of the other reasons that brings us here is to get the information out of the suspect who was wanted in the shooting that took place Monday evening, a little after 5.30, during the rush hour. The problem is, is that there have been so many crimes of late in which there are sketches that are issued because of the modern technology. This area has cameras everywhere, on all the private buildings and obviously on the governmental building that Penn Station is run by the federal government. is more than enough cameras, more than enough footage, to actually catch suspects either in the commission of their crime before or after. And so we have a good photo. We're going to be distributing in the area, and we're going to do what we do best because this guy is probably known by, A, the drug dealers in the area, many of whom are here from New Jersey, the homeless, the emotionally disturbed that we have an excellent relationship with, built up over many years of patrolling this area and obviously men and women who go through this area on a regular basis to get to their place of business or just to catch either the Long Island Railroad, New Jersey Transit, Amtrak, or any other subway systems. So it's multi-purposed here today. But if we do not impose zero tolerance in the Penn Station area, 
There is no chance for economic revival in Midtown. This directly impacts Times Square. And on a day that we should be celebrating the fact that a Ferris wheel has been constructed and erected right near Duffy Square and Times Square, which will attract families and get tourists to once again realize, wow, Times Square is back on track. And then just blocks away where many people could access the Ferris wheel, they are afraid to come through the major transit junction point in all of New York City, which is Penn Station. Uh, as mayor, there's gonna be zero tolerance immediately. All quality of life issues will be dealt with, whether it's a ticketable offense or it's a arrest. People are gonna be taken off the streets. Those who need help will be brought to the shelters if they're homeless, emotionally disturbed, can be kept 60 days in involuntary confinement after a psychiatric evaluation. That's not being done. And most importantly, all these drug dealers dealing fentanyl, heroin, K2, pills, crack, they're going to jail. They're going to jail. And that means the customer base will dry up because anybody who needs these drugs to feed their beast knows you can come to Penn Station and it's sort of like a bazaar. Everything you need, you can get in, including the equipment. Any questions? Emotionally disturbed persons, as you saw in the breakdown of this gentleman, have already been hospitalized, Bellevue. Now, I don't know his personal story, whether he just walked out, which oftentimes happens, or he was released, which is probable, and then used up his medication and didn't go back to refill. A gentleman like that could easily have been picked up on a day like today, brought for a psychiatric evaluation and involuntarily committed for 60 days. Now, what would that have done for him? Clean clothes, good food, normalized, He's well aware of the medication he's on. You would double check, because I'm, I'm sure they probably have a file on him. Get him to the point where after 60 days, if two psychiatrists, two different psychiatrists would have determined that he's okay now, he could be released. More than likely though, he might have to be involuntarily committed until, to the state of New York, until he's made whole. And that will be benefits for him, first and foremost, his family, whoever they are, to this area, which he lives in. I mean, this zip, this is a zip of its own. Penn Station, I don't know if you know, is a zip code. These homeless and emotionally disturbed persons have a zip code. It's Penn Station. And nothing's being done to remove them and to help them. Under Rudy Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg for 20 years, that was a regular process in which you had two separate psychiatrists who would issue a report after a psychiatric evaluation of 72 hours in which they would detain, most likely in this area, Bellevue. But in Queens, it could have been Elmhurst, in Brooklyn, Kings County, other facilities. Staten Island has its own psychiatric center. The point being is after 72 hours, if they were in agreement, 
you can commit them for 60 days. And if they're not normalized within that period of time, right, any of the law enforcement agencies can do that. But remember, what did de Blasio and his wife say? We don't want cops responding to EDP calls. Just listen to the scanner from Midtown South, which we have. Call after call, EDP, EDP, EDP in a store. EDP has attacked another emotionally disturbed person. EDP threatening staff of Madison Square Garden. The other thing is, Jimmy Dolan, who owns this under my plan to hire more police, he's playing property tax. He pays no property tax as owner and operator. Now, he inherited that. That was imposed when Koch was here and Madison Square Garden was threatening to go to the Meadowlands. I would say to Jimmy Dolan, hey, Jimmy, how did that work out for the Nets? Jimmy, you're going to pay property tax, Columbia, NYU property tax. That could hire up to 38,000 cops. We'd be up to 38,000 cops. They used to be the homeless outreach unit. These were men and women, police officers, specifically trained to deal with the emotionally disturbed and the homeless. And they would transport them either to a shelter or the hospital. Guess what? When de Blasio and the city council defunded the police by a billion dollars, not only did the street crime unit go, but the homeless outreach unit went. There is no more homeless outreach by NYPD. The men and women of the local precincts, in this case Midtown South, have been told by City Hall, stand back. Do not deal with emotionally disturbed persons. So now that there's this huge void, do we see Thrive? Have you seen any Thrive people around here? wearing the shirt that says Thrive? One and a quarter billion dollars spent of our money in five years. Do you think they've cared for one emotionally disturbed person? I want to find out where the money is. Show me the money. I haven't seen one success story. They can't point to one individual who, as a result of Thrive's intervention, was normalized and kept out of harm's way. Not one. And twice when Charlene McRae was asked to explain where all the money went, and no subpoenas issued, not by Scott Stringer, controller, not by city council, not by Tish James. Day one, a mayor, Department of Investigation, issues subpoenas. We want to see all the paperwork, the spreadsheets. And if there's missing money, which kind of you get a sense there is, maybe Bill de Blasio will be able to finally go to Rikers Island and see what the correctional officers are dealing with because he'll be housed in Punk City before he gets arraigned, protective custody, because he'd never be with the general population. I've been there. He would never be with the general population. Any other questions? Well, it's complicated for one reason. It's called civil libertarians. I want to find these civil libertarians, these liberals and progressives. Come with me. Talk with the emotionally disturbed persons that I personally now know. See them wallow in their own defecation, their urine. Is, is that a humanitarian thing? This is compassion. I'd like to talk with them, walk and talk in this whole Penn Station area, which is like Dante's Inferno. It's like Dawn of the Dead. Tell me that these people are better off with their civil, libertarian, uh, civil liberties intact, where they demand not to be hospitalized. Can anybody actually say that they're in a better situation? Or would they be in a better situation if they were in Bellevue, fresh clothes, clean, uh, new food, just being nourished and brought back on track with the medication that they've been prescribed? Clearly, 
This is not progressive. This is progressively killing our city. And none of them are out here. Have you ever seen de Blasio out here? You ever see Corey Johnson out here? City council members out here? Of course not. They're afraid of these people. Curtis Lee was not afraid. I don't have a gun. I don't have a bulletproof vest. I walk, I talk with them, I counsel them, I show them compassion. Unfortunately, I don't have the power to have them hospitalized. As mayor, I'll have that power. And then if the civil liberty, libertarians want to sue me and sue the city, I'll tell corporation counsel, fight them for every nickel, dime, and penny. Do not ever buck, bend, or bow to their will because we're trying to save these emotionally disturbed persons. It's a humanitarian thing to do humanitarian thing to do. And these liberals and progressives, clearly if they cared, wouldn't they be here feeding these homeless people, giving them new clothes, tending to the emotionally disturbed? Where are they? Oh, that's right, Bill de Blasio at rap concerts. Rap concerts. Yeah, that's really helping the emotionally disturbed and homeless. Mr. Slavo, can I say something? Sure. This guy is the original guardian angel. He walked the streets. Personally, protecting New Yorkers. I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I've got 40 plus years in the construction business, and I'm talking to my brothers and sisters in the industry, union and non-union. Ignore your leadership. This is the guy. This is the guy that we need. This is the guy that'll walk with us. We're the ones that will come when he needs us. I want every one of my brothers and sisters in the business to vote for him, okay? I'm known by Ed. Everybody knows Thank me. Thank you, Ed. My kids know me. I know everyone. <laughs> All right, let me give you my card. We're brothers. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. We got your back. Stay in touch. Look for an orange shirt. Thank you. Thank you. Right to right. Are you going to start giving out the flyers to everybody? You can start to give out the flyers to everybody. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, well, again, the homeless outreach unit of the NYPD would be put back into place. These men and women are still members of the department, except they've been reassigned to precincts, so they can't use their expertise. That's as, as, as important as the street crime unit, the undercover jump-out squads being put out into the front lines where gunfire happens on a daily basis, where gangs continue to battle. I see no differentiation. Uh, I've dealt with the homeless outreach unit. Day one. And the, the, I've talked to them because they used to have a borough command in each borough. And when there would be an EDP call, they would respond because they understood that oftentimes at the precinct level, the men and women didn't necessarily have the skills or the knowledge of how to do an intervention. And again, they're always bad mouthing cops, all these elected officials. Oh, we should have mental health uh, specialists intervene. Well, we've been talking about that for two years. They haven't even done a trial in one precinct. This would have been the perfect place to do a trial. The way I'd have it is mental health experts respond to an EDP call. They're assigned to a precinct, but they go with police officers. Because if things go awry, as sometimes they do, people having psychotic disorders, people with weapons, then the police can step in. But I have no problem leaving it to a mental health specialist because I'm pretty much a mental health uh, specialist now for all the years that I've done this. I know how to talk to them. I know how to calm them down. Although I've had my jaw fractured twice, doing exactly what I was doing here, 
because an unexpected outrage that even me, with all my street smarts, could not anticipate. Well, some of the violations are ticketable offenses. I wouldn't want to lock people up for urinating and defecating for the simple reason that the public lavatories and bathrooms, government, again, not realizing, we complain about the people defecating and urinating. It's where are they going to go? Oftentimes, they're not permitted in the large public lavatories that are available in Penn Station, especially when the lockdown and pandemic came. And then people were saying, well, they're defecating and urinating everywhere. Whether you're a billionaire or you're homeless, the one thing we all do each day is eliminate. And I ask everybody, where can they go? And you never get an answer from government. There should be public laboratories available to them with supervision, with security, because it's a normal, everyday function, not just for emotionally disturbed the homeless people. I had colitis, ciliitis, Crohn's disease. I was constantly looking for a bathroom. People with prostate constantly right probably you feel like you got to go or you don't you do women with all kinds of issues kind where are they going to go starbucks used to have no not for that not for that but drinking uh possession depending on the amount i mean you're talking here sizable amounts of fentanyl heroin we're talking weight and they put it out on a table, they put it out on a cardboard box. They don't even hide it any longer. It's like a bazaar of drugs. You go from corner to corner, and you and there are steerers who will tell you, yeah, Charlie's got fentanyl today. Alex has heroin. Phyllis has oxycodone. I mean, all you gotta do is walk around, and you see people walking around looking to get hooked up. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. This is Bruce, the first commander of the Queen's Combat Team of the Garden Angels. If you are capable and truly care about protecting our city from crime, then let's talk. This is a volunteer basis and I need your help. Help in restoring and taking back our city one street at a time. Call or text me at 718-517-0335. There are true angels in all of us. Let your inner angel help me fight. So, do you dare to care? Call Bruce at 718-517-0335. That's 718-517-0335.